Listener Production. Hello and welcome to The Briefing. Katrina Blowers here with you. The referendum to change the constitution and create an enshrined body called an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice has failed and it failed quickly. Generally, yes, voters were more likely to live close to capital cities, be aged under 40 and be well educated. No voters who made up 60% of the population are more likely to live in lower socioeconomic areas and this includes the suburbs and the regions. Queensland had the highest no vote at 69%. Victoria had the highest yes vote. They were at 45% for a state and the ACT was the only place to vote yes. Sky News is saying the five seats with the largest Indigenous population all voted no. You can't ignore what the Australian people had said. Even in the Northern Territory, they didn't vote for the voice. So any state, territory or federal government who wants to look at legislating a voice they're barking down the wrong track. That's Indigenous No campaigner Warren Mundine, who Antoinette Latouf will talk to a bit later in the episode. But first, let's get into today's headlines with Eleanor Harrison Dengate. It is Monday, October 16. Hey, Katrina. Campaigners for the Voice to Parliament say they will keep moving forward to try to close the gap. We know that what we actually need is a national commissioner, a national Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander commissioner that would hold to account the outcomes that we see in our children. That's Indigenous advocate and proud First Nations woman Catherine Little on the project last night. But now a statement has been issued from Indigenous supporters for the Yes campaign calling for a week of silence to mourn the result. Meanwhile, Peter Dutton has spoken about the results, hitting out at Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, saying he wouldn't compromise on The Voice. We offered uh, turn the question into one of recognition. I met with Anthony Albanese half a dozen times, but, but, but most of them, if I'm being honest, uh, were when the Prime Minister was on his way into a press conference. So it was a courtesy, and I think he wanted the opportunity to say, I've spoken with or I've consulted with Peter Dutton. That's on 60 Minutes there. He also said our international reputation won't be impacted by the result because other countries would respect our democratic process. Uh, Katrina, what do you make of all of this? Well, I think that um, the PM has definitely emerged damaged from this. Peter Dutton mm. may get a lift. I guess all of this will be borne out in the next opinion polls. Interesting that 59 of Labor's 78 seats voted against changing the constitution. Uh, here's what the PM had to say. Tonight isn't a time to say, oh, well, we'll just move on and here's the, the next agenda. The agenda will be guided by the principles that I've put forward consistently. Engagement, consultation, listening, progress to close the gap. I guess what we need now to do, though, Eleanor, is to close that gap or at least to have a plan B to close that gap pretty quickly. I mean, here we are. We've had a 12-month national mm. discussion about all of the things that we need to be working on to, to try and unite the country, to try and close that gap in, you know, life expectancy in Indigenous communities, um, fixing issues like violence and fixing the massive waste of taxpayer money and programs that we mm. now know are failing. So we, we do need to come together and, and work out what is next and to be 
more united than I think this campaign sadly has um, ended up having us being. So uh, what is that plan B and how do we speak as one on that? Um, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese blamed a lack of bipartisanship for the failure of The Voice. Mm. Um, this is where both sides now need to come together. And I guess more on that political point, it was interesting that all the teal seats were voting yes. So once again, we have that discrepancy between the seats the Liberals want to win back, but uh, really definitely those uh, electorates don't agree with that national policy. Yeah, wasn't that a fascinating outcome? Thousands of troops continue to gather at the Gaza border ahead of an anticipated ground offensive in the fight against Hamas. This is all part of a coordinated attack on Hamas-controlled Gaza, which will happen from land, sea and air, and comes as Iran is threatening to enter the conflict, warning of far-reaching consequences. Over the weekend, we had a few new developments. Israel stands accused of killing dozens of women and children as they tried to evacuate Gaza. Hamas has released pictures of their bombed-out convoy as they'd been given guaranteed safe passage to leave. The Israeli Prime Minister has met with his new emergency cabinet for the first time overnight, while his military has urged more than a million Palestinians in the north of the territory to evacuate south. Gaza authorities are saying that more than 2,000 people have now been killed in Israeli strikes. We also have some new estimates from the UN that an estimated 1 million Gazans have been left homeless in the first seven days of this conflict. And if uh, you know an Aussie who is stuck over there, um, our Foreign Minister Penny Wong is saying that Australia is doing everything that it can to help those civilians. Australia is providing an initial $10 million in humanitarian assistance for civilians affected by the conflict in Gaza to fund urgent needs like medical support, emergency, water, nutrition, sanitation and hygiene services. And Canberra is now telling Australians to get out of Lebanon as tensions continue to escalate. Qantas initially cancelling a whole bunch of repatriation flights over the weekend due to safety reasons. But late yesterday, Wong announced several more would be put back on. And New Zealand has a new Prime Minister. He's centre-right National Party leader Christopher Luxon. Thank you, New Zealand, because from all over your country, this great country, you have reached for hope and you have voted for change. So that's Christopher Luxon. He's just 53 years old and he used to be the CEO of Air New Zealand before quitting to join politics in 2021. He'll replace Chris Hipkins, who took over when Jacinda Ardern stepped down in January. And Luxon's actually had a really rapid rise in New Zealand, Katrina. He became an MP in 2020. He was national leader only a year later. Yeah, and talk about, you know, your head of an airline one second and Prime Minister the next, hey? Um, cost of living, <laughs> of course, was a key issue in this election. New Zealand had been particularly affected by the slowing economy in China, which is its largest trade partner, and also the war in Ukraine. Luxon has been promising tax cuts for middle-income earners and also a crackdown on crime. But, Eleanor, he might need to work on the daily or weekly <laughs> grocery shop. You know how they always ask, leaders okay, in those And they debates. always get them. 
always get them. Oh, they do. So they should know better. Like just go to the shops, people, and, and prep for these things. And, and they said to him, oh, how much is a weekly shop? And he said, oh, about 66 bucks, which is, you know, something in the order of 36 Australian dollars. So <laughs> unless not, this maybe. guy's on some kind of very restrictive diet, uh, I think he might need to get his head around the true cost of groceries. All right, great to have you with us, Eleanor. Antoinette is about to jump back in to do a post-analysis on why The Voice failed with Warren Mundine. It took just under 90 minutes for The Voice to go down once the counting of votes began. It was it was that fast. I sat down for dinner with friends when counting began and the mains hadn't arrived before the results were in. And yes, we know polls predicted a no vote. And so while campaigning stops, the dire inequities that Indigenous peoples endure do not. So what happens now? Munjalung man and leading no campaigner Warren Mundine is here to discuss his camp's win and the way forward as he sees it. Warren, welcome back to the briefing. The count didn't take long. The country overwhelmingly voted no. Is today a happy day for you? Are you celebrating? Uh, I'm, I'm not celebrating. I'm just uh, relieved. You know, uh, in a, I always knew we could get to this position uh, and uh, it's just because uh, I had faith in the Australian people. And it was really just going out and meeting them and and, and uh, prosecuting our case, and we did. Do you think this result was as much a rejection of the voice as an advisory body, as well as a rejection of Indigenous people in our constitution? Uh, no, it's not. It, uh, people in uh, were always wanting to recognise uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the constitution. It was the voice which was the problem. They didn't want the voice at all. And they saw it as a bureaucracy. They didn't know what it was because uh, it was never explained how it could work and what it was going to do. It was just uh, a magic wand, really, that was going to fix everything. And uh, and so, you know, and also it's about equality, you know. It was uh, built on a lie. There was, uh, you know, Aboriginal people do have a voice. Aboriginal types don't own the people. They sit at the National Cabinet and have that voice. You know, so these things... What were why the Australian public uh, rejected it? Do we have the result we have today because the No campaign succeeded in its goal to you know create confusion about the voice, or because the Yes campaign failed to effectively communicate why Aussies should vote yes? Well, it was really in the hands of the of the Yes campaign. Uh, uh, you know, all we did was ask questions, and they couldn't answer those questions. They, or sometimes they answered a question, you know, like a treaty, for instance, yeah, the Prime Minister said we'll have treaties and a week later said, no, we don't. Then a week later after that he said, yes, we will. So it was very confusing for the public. Is there a treaty or isn't there a treaty? Is there about the Makarata Commission? Is it about, you know, and how was that the voice going to be? Is it elected and not elected? Uh, so all these things were were that people said, well, you've got a confused message. Plus they had so many people who were sending the messages out there coming from all different angles and people didn't know what's what. So they just said, look, we're not going to change the constitution until we get some, you know, one direction and, and what it's going to be about. You say that you're not celebrating... Um 
And But at the moment, the nation doesn't seem to be divided. Like your winning mantra was that it would divide the nation. We're clearly not divided according to the results. The country seems pretty united that we're going to continue business as usual, being the only Western nation that doesn't recognise first peoples in the constitution. Like, is that a satisfying feeling? Look, I, I, look, your premise I disagree with. We're, you know, Western, we're the only Western nation that doesn't have Indigenous people reckoned in their constitution. But they, that, that includes European nations. It includes uh, Japan and South Korea and Taiwan and New Zealand and the South Pacific and many other Western nations. So I, I disagree with that premise that, uh, you know, we're the only one. First Nations Australians who campaigned for yes um, have released a statement saying they will engage in a week of silence after this result. They feel rejected by their country. Uh, are you worried for the welfare of many Indigenous Australians who today feel that they woke up to a country that doesn't care about their future? Oh, well, that's, I don't agree with that premise either. You know, Australians do care because two of the things that come out of this uh, constitution debate, and it didn't matter whether they were yes or no people, it was... Uh, that yes, uh, that over 90% of Australians wanted uh, recognition of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the Constitution as the first people. And two, they want practical outcomes. They don't want any more symbolic stuff. They don't want any more, you know, committees or bureaucracies and that. They want the money to be spent with clear outcomes. And that's what the message was from the Australian people yesterday. That's not to say there are some Aboriginal people who are, are suffering, as some as so as I saw in some of the Twitter feeds today, that some non-Aboriginal people are suffering in that because they put their heart and soul in this. They've got passion about it and, they, and that just like we had our heart and soul and passion about it. And I've been in the losing end of these type of things when you go out and do this stuff and, the, and of course, it knocks, knocks you when you don't get up with your direction that you wanted to have. And so, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm sympathetic to that and I understand that and I understand why these people are taking their week off and, and I think that that's good. You know, let, you know you've got to recover because at the end of the day, uh, we all got to come back together as a nation and work together. And I'll get to next steps in just a moment. Just sticking with the no win for now, does a no win say that Australia is at least still not able to acknowledge what some describe as a, you know, a very violent and racist past or at worst remains an inherently racist country that wants to look the other way? I don't accept that premise either. It's uh, uh, because Australia, you know, 1962, uh, full voting rights were given to Aboriginal people. 1967, we had the 67 referendum, which uh, created equality for Aboriginal people as citizens of this country. And it was also, uh, it was ended segregation because within a few years, the state and territory governments got rid of all their uh, protection boards and welfare boards and that, and, and Aboriginal people were as equal as anyone else. And then we uh, then uh, we worked together in setting up, you uh, know, I'm not talking about me personally, this is before my time, but, you know, the Australian people and, and Aboriginal people helped set up Aboriginal medical service, Aboriginal legal service, education groups, and the list goes on and on and on. When you look at those things that people did, I don't think racists would do that type of stuff and spend money and billions of dollars every year to uh, make sure that Aboriginal people have the opportunities as other Australians. Despite those billions of dollars being spent, the latest Closing the Gap report shows or most indicators show that progress is either lagging or that things have actually gotten worse in four of the 11 indicators. When inequity is increasing, 
does that not point to a, you know a significant problem? Yes, it does. It, it, it points to the problem that uh, people aren't doing their job. Uh, we spend billions and billions of dollars every year on these programs. What we need to do is have accountability. We need to say, okay, here's the billions of dollars that have been spent. What's the outcome? And, and it's clearly telling us it's not a good outcome. So what we need to do now is have a, a performance assessment of that, focus on you know what's been uh, outcomes that are good, ones that are not good, and what do we need to fix them so that we actually have the outcomes that we need. And people need to be accountable for that. So, you know, you're giving money for education and we want kids at school and we and we want reading and writing skills and mathematics and all that type of stuff. If people can't deliver that, then we need to help them to fix that. And then if they still don't deliver that, then we need to find someone who will. So Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has said he won't legislate the voice and he respects the wishes of Australians. Uh, is this the right call from the PM? Well, you can't ignore what the Australian people had said. Even in the Northern Territory, they didn't vote for the voice. So any state, territory or federal government who wants to look at legislating a voice, they're barking down the wrong track because the Australian people have made it quite clear they don't want that. They just want people to get on and do their job. In terms of getting on and and doing the job, what what comes now? Like federal parliament returns for another sitting week. Um, the government's going to be pressed on what it plans to do with the re- remainder of the Uluru Statement from the Heart. Like, do you and the Liberal Party support any elements of the Uluru Statement from the Heart? Like, will there be any bipartisanship moving forward or uh, is there just going to be cross-party fighting? Well, what needs to be done is because most of the programs that affect Aboriginal people are state and territory programs, their their education is run by the states and territories, health is run by the states and territory, land management is run by the uh, states and territories. So what we need to do is have the uh, the national cabinet with the chief ministers and the premiers and the and the prime minister and that get together with our Aboriginal leadership people and thrash out a plan and then everyone has to sign off on it and that if so the state and territory because what we've been doing is letting the state and territories get away with murder at the moment uh, so we need to have them all accountable and they're all signed up for it. And that doesn't answer the, the question of like do you support any of the elements of the Uluru Statement from the Heart moving forward? Well we need to look at what the review is, the performance review and then use that data so it's scientific data that actually shows us what works and what doesn't work and where we need to do things. Do you really firmly believe that there's an appetite for change and people are just going to look the other way in business as usual? Because it was almost a decade of Liberal leadership, you know, just until 2022, and the majority of the equity indicators show that things are getting worse, not better. Well, some things are. Look, the Australian people and any politician and any government, state, territory or federal, who did not listen to the, the, to the Australian people in their vote, they are going to find that they won't be in government or they won't be in parliament for much longer because people have had a gutful. They had a gutful of seeing us Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people struggling in some of these communities and the problems that exist in it. No ed- kids not attending school, no, uh, you know, not getting an education, the crime rate, the alcohol rates, the problems, the housing, and the list can just go on and uh, on and on. And people everywhere I went on around Australia, whether they were yes voters or no voters, they all said the same thing. 
It has to be fixed. And that's the clear message to the governments uh, and the opposition at the state and territory and federal level. How do we work together as a united country and move better into the future? Bundjalung man leading no campaigner and Liberal candidate for Gilmore in Shell Harbour, Warren Bundine. So as the nation digests the results of the referendum so far, I'm seeing a range of things on WhatsApp groups with family and friends and similar things on social media. Some people are devo and have said that this referendum has revealed Australia for who and what it is. Others are happy and are saying, I told you we didn't want this and that the whole process was a waste of taxpayer dollars. Whatever you're feeling, perhaps consider taking a moment to think about how First Nations people are doing, because it has been a few toxic months of politics. There remains an eight-year gap in life expectancy for Indigenous Aussies, a suicide rate twice the national average, First Nations people are the most incarcerated people on the planet, inequality and disadvantage continue, and, and they'll continue once the rest of Australia stops talking about the referendum. So if you're a First Nations person and needs support, you can call the Crisis Support Line, 13 Yarn, or that's 13 76. Listener.